Hey everyone, this is your Therapy Session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. So guys, as I've said in earlier episodes, I've been in the industry for 14 years. My 14th anniversary is actually October 16th, and I've been leasing for over seven. When I first started leasing, I would take any type of client. I was a yes person because I was just starting to lease with no clients and no money. And as a yes person, I've gotten myself in some very sticky, not so good situations. Either saying, yes, I can totally get that black box dye out of your hair and turn you platinum. Oh, of course, there's gonna be no warmth. Or the clients that would ask for deals because they'd see me so often. Because they knew I was struggling. Or maybe the personalities were just not aligning. It can be very exhausting to be a yes person. And now, having been in the field and leasing for a good amount of time, I don't like being a yes person, and frankly, I'm pretty good at saying no. But that also took me years and years of fine tuning, tailoring, and sitting down with myself and figuring out what do I want, who do I want to market, and how am I going to reach them. Hairdressing is so much more than just being behind a chair. You have to market yourself, and then you have to find those people that you are going to market to and then you have to keep them interested. But what does that mean and how is that even created? Well, Nina Kovner, creator of Passion Squared, helps stylists like me and other creative individuals to discover just that, how to market. She's been in the industry for over 25 years, having worked along the Paul Mitchell team as VP of Global Marketing. In 2009, she decided it was time for a break from the high-intensity business world, and Passion Squared was created just three years after that. Here's the interview with Nina Kovner, business coach and creator of Passion Squared. Okay. Interview on Tuesday, September 29th of 2020. Hey guys, so this is Nina Kovner, creator of Passion Squared, and I just a couple seconds ago told her how nervous I was. <laughs> to interview her. And I said, why is that? Um, maybe because I only have nine episodes under my belt. That's a lot. Every yeah. episode counts. Yeah. That's um, a huge accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm actually really nervous, but I, yeah, I'm excited to know more about you and I'm excited for my guests to know more about you. There is a lot of material about you. Like, there is. There is. Yes. Because I'm old yeah. as fuck. <laughs> um, now, you, yeah. uh, now you are originally from Los Angeles. You decided to go into hair, but you ended up at, in hair, like out of hair school, Falls Church, Virginia. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, is it Pot Potomac? Potomac Academy of Hair Design, how which was you, my beauty school. How did you end up from LA to Virginia? 
My mom lived on the East Coast. So oh, okay. that's where her family, uh, that's where she grew up and that's where her family was from. So uh, she was living there at the time and I was a college dropout and very lost and needed my mama. So she came west and swooped me up and brought me back east with her. And that's how I ended up going to beauty school on the east coast and also starting my career. Do you you remember what color line you used? Are you serious? No. Because I have another question to lead into my next one. Okay. So in beauty school, I think we used Redken. And... And this is in no way an endorsement of any brand because we don't do that at Passion Squared. Okay. Um, I think we used Redken and Nexus. I mean, remember, this was the 80s. So most folks listening were not even fucking alive yet. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of Clairol. And then I assisted in the salon all through beauty school and started working full time in that same salon. And our primary color lines were Goldwell and um, Clairol. So the reason why I'm asking you this is you were in beauty school and then you found out about Paul Mitchell. Yeah. Okay. So how did you guys get tied in with that? Because usually now the Paul Mitchell schools only use Paul Mitchell color. Okay. This was in the eighties. So so let's get some context. (laughs) Paul Mitchell schools haven't been around very long. Yeah. Um, so, um, this was in the eighties. There was no Paul Mitchell schools. Um, and, uh, I in beauty school, like, I mean, this is a similar story I've heard from a lot of other folks. I started going to hair shows like right away. And there were a lot of hair shows in my, in my area being on the East coast. It's really small. Like you can go to New York in a day or, you know, Philly or, you know, whatever. And so being in Virginia, I was able to like go to a lot of different, a lot of different events. And we also had educators come to our school, but my second month of beauty school, we took a field trip. We took a field trip from Virginia to New York to the International Beauty Show. So this was my obviously my first hair show experience. And I walked in and instantly locked eyes on the Paul Mitchell booth. And I'm like, I don't know what they're doing, but those people are fucking cool. And I never, I stayed there all day. Like I That's was awesome. alone, like all the other students, like you know, ran around the show or did whatever. And I stayed at that booth all day. I ended up modeling for them and got my hair, you know, cut and colored and all sorts of fun things. And, um, I was kind of hooked. So when they had said to me that weekend, they're like, whenever we're in town, we can always use help or whatever. So anytime there was a show, I reached out and I'm like, can I assist? Can I shampoo? Can I, bring you lunch? Can I work the booth and do product sales? Can I just wanted to be around them, you know? And so Mm -hmm. pretty much all through beauty school, I assisted at shows. And then that's how you got led into becoming an educator for them. Right out of beauty school. Yep. Now, did you also work behind the chair as well? I did. I worked full time behind the chair for probably a year and a half, maybe two years before I went completely onto the business side of the business. And went to work for a distributor. And how long? So I saw that you did complete some type of certification at UCLA. Yeah. Anderson School of Business Executive Management Program in 2006. Yeah. Now, did they 
was that required for you to kind of move up into okay no i was already at the top at paul mitchell so as the global vp of marketing and education and event i mean i i was besides being president or owning or being jp and owning the company i i it had nothing to do with that i was struggling with feeling challenged you know and like i really just was craving some sort of intellectual stimulation because being at the top, being a leader is hard. And sometimes, you know, you're like, well, wait, where am I getting mentored? Where am I learning? Where am I seeing outside of the day-to-day norm? And so, um, so a friend of mine was already working with the Anderson school on another project. And they're like, you should take a look at, um, at the executive management program. I also had a friend at the time that was doing a business program at USC. And so I'm like, you know what? Like, I think I can, I think I need to try this. Mm -hmm. And so I applied and got accepted. There were actually two former hairdressers in our class. Um, Our class was comprised of rocket scientists and engineers and marketing execs and owners and, um, I also became president of my class at UCLA. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was really cool. So it was a nine-month program. It was very challenging and also very empowering because I did realize that I was pretty damn smart. And I could hold my own with rocket scientists and engineers and folks like that, that when it came to areas of leadership, human resources, marketing, stuff like that. Now, when it came to like math and economics and like stuff like that, I, you know, will, I think be forever lost. Um, But yeah, I held my own and it was an incredible experience. And the only thing that JP, who's owner of Paul Mitchell, the only thing JP said when I asked him if I could go was he said, yes, but if you start using all these big obnoxious words at the office, I'm pulling you out and I'm all, I will never use big obnoxious, like ridiculous words in the office. I promise. When you first started at uh, Paul Mitchell, did you have any idea like this was the direction that you were going to no that you wanted? No. So no, not at all. Cause I went to beauty school like everybody else right. that goes to beauty school. And it's like, I wanted to do hair. I almost didn't even like have a vision past that. I've never been that person that like had this vision of life or a dream. Like I want to like have this and this and this, and that's a whole nother. I mean, we could, I could go on for hours as right. to why I saw no future. Um, but when I, when I became an educator, you know, out of beauty school, started working with the local distributor and they called me and they said, we need someone to help us build our business. That was really my first introduction into the business side of the business. And I'm very smart and I'm mm-hmm. very intuitive and I understand things well. And I was, and I, and it just, it, it just kind of clicked for me and I had the best training. Like That's this cool. distributor was the largest distributor on the East coast. They had computers when nobody else had them. They were automated when no one else was automated. I mean, they, they were very advanced for the times. And so they, I learned so much from them. And then you know, at 24, working directly for John Paul, it's like, I just had the best, the best people around me and the best training Mm -hmm. around me, and the best mentors around me. And I just kind of, I just, it just kind of happened. And that was at the headquarters. So how much time were you in Virginia, and then left and then come back? Because it's in, is it in Los Angeles? 
Yeah, I moved back to LA in 1991. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so you did your executive program in 2006. And then in 2009, you decided to leave. Yeah, right. Can you talk about that? Um, yeah, well, it's, it, it's, it kind of, it's a little complicated as is, you know, just about anything. Um, I was a lifer, you know, I had a lot of reasons that I would n- have never left and a lot of incentives to stay, um, for my career. And in 2007, I, um, had a pretty serious mental break and breakdown break and entered a treatment program. And, um, when those 35 days were over and I started into this road of recovery for all the things that I was dealing with, I realized that one of my biggest problems was workaholism. And one of my biggest triggers was stress and overwhelm. And I just absolutely could not do my job. And my treatment team tried really hard to get me to not make any decisions for a while, which if anyone's Mm -hmm. been through any type of rehab or any type of like life altering moments, it's don't make any decisions. So I didn't, I stayed and I suffered a severe amount of anxiety and debilitating. And, um, in 2009, I just finally was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea like how I'm going to live. I don't know anything, but I know I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And so I gave six months notice because I mean, it was pretty traumatizing to the organization and I love the organization and I didn't want to hurt the organization, but I just couldn't, I needed to save myself, you know? And so, um, my last day was September 30th, 2009, which is tomorrow. Wow. Um, were they pretty supportive? They were very supportive. That's awesome. Now you left at 2009 and this is from me watching your live video last night that I found out that you started your company at, in 2012. Yeah. So what did you do between that time frame? <laughs> um, well, I went to work with a friend of mine for a year. We were, we wanted to start a franchise company. And so um, they were based in San Diego. So I went down there and hung out for about a year. And we just realized that the idea that we had wasn't going to pan out. So I spent the following year and a half um, building Fashion Squared and studying the social and digital web as I was already studying while I was still at Paul Mitchell, because of course the internet started long before yeah. I left. Um, so being a marketer and, um, and all of those things, I had a deep passion for that. So I, I literally like, just like normal work, I would get up same time and get on the internet and study and read and watch and research and, and, and build ideas, um, of how, this company could exist and what it could look like. And I also did some consulting for some creative entrepreneurs in Los Angeles. Were the creative entrepreneurs hairdressers? Like was your, okay. So passion squared, you had, did you have an idea? Like passion squared is for hairdressers. 
or passion scared is just for creatives right now? I mean, honestly, it's always been about creative entrepreneurs, but my, mm-hmm. my, my people are almost always hairdressers, you yeah. know? And so the company just, you know, it moves towards that as an audience, but we, we have always used the term creative entrepreneur and we have always embraced, um, creative entrepreneurs. Now that could be, you know, fitness folks, that could be wellness folks, that could be tattoo folks, that could be, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's primarily beauty folks. How did you come up with the name? Passion Squared. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my original business partner, Gordon Miller, who is the chief engagement officer over at hairbrain.me, um, he and I started the company together. He left very early. We had a conscious uncoupling, what we call it. Um, He left very early in the beginning of the company, but um, we knew that we wanted to, you know, that we were going to be working with passionate people. And we also knew that the internet, social media, digital media, the whole social and digital revolution was incredibly empowering and exponentially um, empowering. And so passion squared. And... I, cause I don't want to give out too much information about what your company does. Um, just because you have a school and S school. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah. A school is our salon online salon owners coaching group, which we launched in, um, January, 2015. So it's going to be six years in January. Um, and social school is our online coaching group for all creative entrepreneurs, Um, A school really focuses on salon specific stuff and includes leadership and personal empowerment and all that kind of stuff. Whereas social school focuses on brand development and specific social and digital media marketing. So for me, because I think, I think I've been a part of Passion Squared for a year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool that you invited me to a live podcast and that Gordon Miller is the one that I met right god my former business partner I loved it Um, and he's also my best friend so it's like there you know so is he gonna do you think he well now with COVID it's probably like has no intention of coming up to visit right oh he does I mean talk about it we talk about it all the time that's awesome um so he'll be back in Portland I just don't know if it'll be before the end of the year Right. Um, or, you know, the world could end. I mean, who fucking yeah. knows, right? So we, we don't know what's happening quite yet. But no, he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, well, what I really love is your brand. It's always been solid. You've always been like this step, this step, this step, this step. And I, I mean, I'm still kind of figuring out my branding, but I have really appreciated and really enjoyed the content that you've been bringing out from Passion Squared. Yeah, of course. Um, now with COVID going on, I, now you had said something last night. I'm not sure if you'd want to discuss it, but you said that you had lost some followers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was this right before COVID or when COVID happened? No, I was taught we, for context, we had a class last night in social school as a content creation class. And we were talking about, um, consistency of content. We are talking about the importance of consistency. It's something that we've really prided ourselves on at Passion Squared. I'm very aware of the power of consistency 
And um, so in the context of, of, of mentioning that on our class last night, that was about um, speaking to two things. One is the inconsistency. Um, actually, there's three things. Inconsistency. Uh, also, content. Your content is your marketing. And our content not only shifted, but um, was very um, not related to any business whatsoever. And, um, and the type of content that we posted in certain cases um, um, created more of a loss of followers. That wasn't to say, oh, poor passion squared, we lost followers. That's mm -hmm. about understanding, understanding your content is your marketing, understanding the power of consistency, understanding all of that. And it's going to take me a while to do any type of significant research on exactly what happens because we've been so focused on other things that quite honestly, I didn't even start looking at it till a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, Something's happened. I kind of have a feeling. I know what hap has happened, but I really need to do more research. Are you going to talk about that at all? I about will when yeah. I can figure out exactly what happened because I like to talk in actual data. I, right. I you know, especially, <laughs> especially in 2020, um, there's so much not non-data out there. Yes. So I could guess, you know what I mean? I could say, yeah, because of this and it's because of that, but that's irresponsible of me. Right. You know, because someone listening could be like, oh, yeah. That, and it's like, no, I don't know. That's the honest answer. I don't exactly know what happened. I have gut feelings of what I think what happened, but I need to go through and actually research dating back to the beginning of the year and look at trends, look at different posts, look at mm -hmm. different things and try to confirm or not, not confirm what I believe has happened. Right. I, I was really glad to listen to it last night because one of the things that you were talking about, um, when you're thinking about branding and content content is why am I sharing? <laughs> yeah. And it's such a big thing right now. I totally agree with that with politics, other things happening, COVID. I feel like some people or people are kind of losing track of themselves and why we're doing this and why we're posting content and what are we doing it for? Right. And, and like I said, you know, in our class last night is that some of that has to do with just not having clarity around brands. Some of it's not having clarity around a content plan. Some of it is boundary issues. I right? was just going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say boundaries for sure. And we talk about that in the boundary book I wrote last year. It, 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 it is so prevalent on social media and it's so obvious and it's so sad because why I get sad is I understand the amount of, the amount of trauma that exists for someone to be still lack the lack self-awareness and be so hyper codependent and not having had learned, learned boundaries and don't, people don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. People can't see it. They can't even, they don't know why they're so out of control on the internet. And it has so much to do with self-awareness and understanding how to practice healthy boundaries in life mm -hmm. online, you know? Um, so yeah, there's, it's fucking nuts. Am I allowed to cuss? I've just said the F word like 17 times. 
Okay, so fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I usually yeah, yes. ask, I usually ask <laughs> no. before. I, and yeah. then I'm like, shit, did I? I, yeah. I didn't ask permission. So. No, my, so my, I have editors that I send all this information to. And then I also have my husband help me upload these podcasts. Oh, nice. He, he asked me, are these, is this one explicit? I have to think back. It's like, huh. Did I it's talk? always going to be explicit with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, all right, you guys, there's a lot of F-bombs in this one. So I was, you know, um, but I think, God, it's like, okay, so you created Passion Squared. You have A school, you have S school. You have your podcast, which you created in 2018, right? Is that right? Yeah. Okay. How many episodes do you have about 55 or do you have more than that? No, I have 55. We have not recorded or posted an episode since March. Okay. Well, so, um, the yeah. last episode was with my therapist. Um, I love that one. The yeah. one with Dr. Nancy, cause I knew COVID was going to be a mental mind fuck and boy, has it been true. Um, so yeah, so we used to post weekly or twice a month. But like everything, the world changed in March and our world changed at Passion Squared in March. And we decided to um, drop everything and go all in with helping our clients. And, and a- it was just, I mean, we went from doing one workshop a month to nine. Oh, like great. it was just nonstop. And so we had to, we had to make that decision. So we literally have not created any original content really. Since well, at least for the, sorry, at least original content for the podcast though, right? That's what no, we haven't okay. done any podcast episode. We haven't done anything just stuff for our clients, but not anything outside of our clients. Do you think you might revisit that later? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we will get back on track. I, we went from working 24 seven, supporting our clients through COVID to a uh, tremendous personal loss and family stuff. And so I completely have been working uh, still 100% supporting our clients and pretty much off the internet. Um, other than that, how are you, how do you, how are you coping? I'm not. Okay. Um, I'm not doing well. And I mean, I have shared that in a few different posts, um, throughout the last couple months, I have a therapist Mm-hmm. Um, thank God, you know, Dr. Nancy, who, who is kind of holding me together, but honestly, I don't know, like it's, it, it's going to take quite a while to figure out what happened in the last few months with all mm-hmm. the losses that, um, I've had personally and my family has had and, yeah. um, shit's weird, you know, and I already deal with depression and, um, so yeah, it's not great. You know, I'm not great. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I you know. Yeah. And that's it's, what this, that's what this looks like. Like people yeah. are like, I didn't know they weren't doing well. It's like, sometimes you just need to listen and yeah. pay attention. Like I am sitting here saying I'm not doing well and I can still function. Yeah. I can't, but some days I can, um, I have very limited energy. And so again, I'm putting that towards our clients, which means I don't have the energy, the mental bandwidth or whatever to do any other stuff. 
um, prioritizing, you know, things and um, staying close to the doggies and Mm -hmm. my therapist and trying to just stay in the moment and what I say, be where your feet are and just, just take it day by day. Do you have any close friends that you connect with also? I do, but not locally. Where are you in, back in Portland now? I am back in Portland. Well, we can make a meet up. <laughs> but I mean, COVID. So it's like even my friends yeah, here, we're, yeah. we're, I don't have any friends that are mingling. I'm not mingling. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. And, and so this is part of my trauma and part of my grief is, you know, I still haven't, I, there's so many things that, that we aren't able to do because of this pandemic, like have funerals and, oh, and honor our dead fucking families and the over 200,000 people that died directly of COVID. And Lord knows how many other hundreds of thousands of people that died as a result of the pandemic one way or another. So, I mean, it's really hard to just pretend like, oh, you know, like shit's normal and right. let's go meet for a drink. It's like, I don't even know what that looks like anymore, you know? And so it's weird. It's so weird. But I stay very close to my friends That's good. on the phone and on FaceTime and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, everything's just fucked. So you have your therapist. You do have friends that aren't in Portland. How do you, are you off the internet a lot? I am off the socials a lot. Okay. Um, I spend, I spend time on the internet. I'm very curious about news Mm -hmm. and research. And I actually have spent a lot of time, um, in trying to figure out what the fuck is going on in the world. Um, so I spend time on the internet, but that's not necessarily on social, right? You know, so I could be reading news or articles or, you know, stuff like that. I, so even with the, what you were mentioning about losing followers, I would think that you'd probably during this time gain more people to be a part of a school and S school. No, no, no. Because part of that has to do with actually promoting stuff. Okay. And your content helps people connect, right? And we've really done nothing. Nothing. Not since – we did a lot of community classes and stuff, but that ended like in April and early May. Like May, June, July, almost half of August, we haven't done anything. So what's your goal for right now? To stay alive. Yeah. And serve our clients. Um. And still doing the workshops and everything like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, existing clients always have to be the priority. Yeah. And that's in any business, you know? And if you have to choose, which I've had to choose, where I'm putting my energy, I only have so much, that the choice has been existing clients. So it's not always going to be that way. But for right now, 100% of my energy is going into our existing clients. Well, I would just say that because I've had a little bit more time on my hands, um, you know, I'm not, I got really busy in August. Like it was in, or it was in June. Yeah. June, July. Open back up. Oh yeah. It was just insane. Like it was insane. I had to block myself out longer for clients, which was fine. Yeah. Um, and then now it has slowed down because 
we're still in COVID and some places aren't opened up and clients are just waiting a little bit longer to get their hair done. But from the time that I do have off, um, even though like I do freak about freak out about finances, I'm able to have time to listen to the podcast. I was able to do your workshop, the live last night. So it's like, I am still educating myself, even though I can't really do anything right now. Does that make sense? I feel like, yeah, but I have really enjoyed passion squared. And I would just tell you that right now, I, people are missing community. They miss community. Um, I really enjoyed going to church. You know, I don't have that anymore. Yep. I really enjoyed my hairstylist friends. Can't really hang out with them as much anymore. Right. But what has been nice is knowing that being able to talk to you and being able to be a part of Passion Squared where other hairstylists believe in community and are going through the same shit. Yep. So yeah. That- and I mean, that's always why we built our programs the way that we did. You know, um, A school and social school both have online secret Facebook groups where people can connect and talk every day, ask questions of each other, ask for advice, ask me questions six days a week. Um, that's a big part of it. Our morning text message that we send out every morning. That's a great way to keep people connected. Um, so there's a lot of community that is possible in all the programs that we've designed. Um, that's the way I like to coach. I like to coach live. I'm not as much a fan of passive education, which is here, let me record this, go listen to it later. I prefer live. I know some people love the passive stuff. We have that also. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I, I think that we definitely have to find new ways to, you know, to connect. And, you know, that's one thing that I actually really enjoyed during the, during the shelter in place was a friend of mine and I, we decided that we were going to pick a different movie documentary every weekend. And every weekend we oh, had like, cool. we had like movie day, movie night, you know, and we'd pick one or two and, you know, we'd get on FaceTime and texting and watch all these shows together. And it was like, okay, this is kind of weird, but it's actually so much fun. And we were talking the other day and we're like, we miss that. Like mm-hmm. we miss when we were just home mm-hmm. and could, you know, just take, decided to, 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 you know, take the time to watch a show together. So yeah, shit's different. And, um, was it educational? Are they educational? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, they were horrible. They were, <laughs> they were, um, cult. It was all cult stuff. It was all like wild, wild country. Cult documentary. It, <laughs> yeah. we, we both, we had, we had both already seen that one before, but yeah, but it was that type of shit. It was just crazy and perfect for the beginning of a pandemic. Right? Did you watch Tiger King yet? We watched that together too. I have not watched it. It's it's horrible. <laughs> it is so disturbing and sad. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 So. Um. And then what? I just want to know something personal. Tell me about your doggies. Ah. Well, um, I have two little babies. Faith is fourteen, 
She is a rescue, and I've had her since she was born. And Courage, he's four years old, and he's a rescue, and I've had him since he was born. Um, So they are my perfect little angels. And before Courage came around, I had Zen. Zen um, died when he was about 13, and um, he and Faith grew up together. So my little pug Zen is in doggy heaven, but um, about a year after Zen died is when Courage came to um to the family so faith and courage are you happy to be back up in portland um i am very happy to be in oregon and um there's no question about it but i am incredibly heartbroken that my summer plans i know spend the summer with my mom ended abruptly when she fucking died for no reason sorry um so it's very weird the way that I returned, I wasn't planning on returning till later in the fall mm-hmm. after, you know, I was going to have this great summer. So it's a very strange kind of unsettling, surreal type experience to say the least. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I, I love this place, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it is magical and I, I, I love it so much for, for so many different reasons, but, um, but it's under very strange, strange circumstances. What? Because I feel like with Passion Squared and seeing you, watching your videos, I mean, you give a lot. Like I know about boundaries and giving, you know, I feel like you do give a lot, but is there anything that people can do for you? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, yes, there, there's definitely things to, I, I want people to, to do the inside work. It's yeah. a big part of what we do at Passion Squared. I want people to have self-awareness, to read my awesome as fuck boundary book. I want people to have resources and access to mental health care. Mm-hmm. I want people to reach out if they need help. Um, things that are in some cases a dream that mm-hmm. I know isn't realistic and some things I think are you know, fairly realistic. Um, I want people not to suffer. Mm-hmm. I want people to not be so selfish and self-centered when it comes to denying that we're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I want people to practice compassion and empathy with folks that are hurting and struggling and grieving immense losses. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to be kind and respectful to themselves and to each other. You know, the basic shit. <laughs> this, is, this is the Libra. The Libra wants justice. What, uh, what day is, what day are you born? October 9th. My boys are October 2nd. Oh, happy birthday. They're Libras. Yeah. And I am a Gemini. So Mm. I have the twin sign. My, and this is weird. I have the twin sign. My boys are identical boys. And I've always been a person about right and wrong morals, you know, having that balance of fairness. Mm-hmm. I've always been a person like that. And it's so crazy that I actually have boys. Yeah. Libras. 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 I know. Somebody asked me, like, do you have a favorite? It's like, fuck no. <laughs> I don't have a favorite. I don't want to have a favorite. You know, you mean a favorite kid? Yes. Oh, yes. 
What a question. I know. Um, well, I, do you have anything else that you want to share with the audience or anything like that? I just want everyone to stay healthy. Oh, and healthy then and kind yeah. and, you know, and, and take care of yourself, whatever that looks like uh-huh. to you. Um, I just want people to be gentle. Oh, and really quick. What are the two books that you have? Um, I wrote two books. Follow Your Heart was the first book I wrote. That's not even, av- I don't even think that's available on the website anymore, um, which I need to, I should probably check that. A-School has it, though. A-School has the book. Um, my Awesome AF Boundary book is the newest book that I wrote. I wrote it last year. Um, that is available at passionsquare.net. I'm also working on a course around my Awesome AF Oh, great. And you have to be a member to access these books, correct? No. My Awesome AF Boundary book is available in our shop, passionsquare.net forward slash shop. Oh, that's great. You can find all of our stuff, social school, our morning text messages, books, our awesome mask. Um, Yeah, everything you can find in our shop. That's great. Well, Nina, thank you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you for the invite. I'm so appreciative. I, I was very nervous. Um, just because you have such a large platform, you know, a ton of people, but I want to just say thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well guys, this was my interview with Nina Kovner, creator of passion squared and just amazing person. If you're wanting to know more about Passion Squared and what Nina's company can do for you, please visit www.passionsquared.net, IG at Passion Squared, and get connected and find your community. And I know because I have. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Nina. And then I'll talk to you later, okay? All right, cool. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye. That was my interview with Nina. The last time that I had spoken with Nina, before this interview, I decided to do this interview, was over the phone earlier this year. I was kind of telling her my ideas about possibly opening up my own salon, spaces I was looking at, square footage, the pricing. And then I asked her what her plans were for the summer. She told me she was leaving Portland and she was very excited to spend the summer with her mother in California. Her mother passed away shortly after. Everyone is going through something right now, and I felt very honored that Nina opened up to me on the show. Pain, loss, uncertainty for safety or for the future. And I do agree with Nina immensely, and that is giving people grace, showing kindness, patience, and grace. My community are mothers, mothers juggling work, a home life, homeschooling now, and also battling with the feeling of isolation. My community is my husband, my children, and my husband's family. Without them, my in-laws, me and Alex, we could make it work right now, balancing work and the kiddos, but it would be very, very challenging. In my community are hairdressers. Hairdressers that are creative, always wanting to learn more, humble, passionate, and hairdressers that believe in uplifting each other and really being there and being supportive. And that's what I found with the community of Passion Squared. I've really enjoyed listening to Nina's podcast. 
people, passion, purpose. I'm signing up for more of the live classes because it's actually, it's just really nice to see Nina at Nina at that time. <laughs> and my kids love it too. And I'm also going to sign up for A school so I can reach out to salon owners and creatives. So please check out our website. And if you guys have any questions or would just like to reach out and say, hi, send me a message on Instagram at Portland Hairstylist or email portlandhairstylist at gmail.com. You can also check out earlier episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Well, that's it for now. So be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your therapy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland Hairstylist. Show written by Emily Mazur, sponsored by Ziba Hub, a career app for beauty professionals where you can find jobs, explore events, and build community. And editing by 127 Media House. <laughs>